0: Makes me feel good. Welcome to Sell Me Something Good, the podcast where we teach you how to make good money and feel good doing it. We'll talk about squirm-free sales tactics, launching, and scaling. We're
1: also going to talk with good people, with businesses doing very good things in this
0: world. Every week, you'll walk away with real sales strategies you can use in your business right away. This is Angela
1: Greaser. And this is Melissa Camilleri. Grab your favorite notebook and pen. It's time to sell me something good. It makes me me feel good. good. (laughs) <laughs> best behavior. It makes me feel I can do no wrong. And I gotta say, yeah, it makes me feel good.
0: Welcome to another episode of Sell Me Something Good. Melissa, how are you today? I am great. How are you? Oh, so good. So excited yes. to be here and to yeah, be recording same. another episode. We're having fun me too yeah so tell, me what's, awesome. tell me what's good what's good with <gasps> you
1: Willis? i was gonna ask you the same <gasps> question no How way wow. yes i will go first <laughs> um so my something good is an incremental life upgrade so i have this like philosophy that as you're like kind of up leveling in your life that um it's important to incrementally add to the thing, spending on things that actually like either create more time, more joy or more freedom in your life. So this is an odd one, but we live in a place where we do not park inside of a garage. We park outside and it's under a beautiful sycamore tree and pollen falls on our car all the time. And so an incremental life upgrade is that we just bought a car wash subscription seems kind of funny i'm not a car person but you know what is really fun is that once a month i pay 20 bucks and i get to drive through this like touchless car wash that has all these fun lights and the soap comes down on our car or whatever and the kids love it because we open up the the like moon roof not the whole thing so water falls in but you know like the the glass so it's window you know like and the kids love it and we turn on music and we go through and then if it doesn't get all the way clean I just circle around and go to the car wash again. That's so fun. That's oh, really fun. And it's actually like a, a thing to do with, with toddlers, you know, in the car. So it's like, cool. And my car is clean. I'm not out there scrubbing it. And I love it. It's oh, like taking a chore good. off. Yeah. Taking a chore off the list.
0: I like it. I like so there it. We go.
1: Yeah, what's uh, your something my, good?
0: My something good is actually kind of similar because we, if you know me, and I always say, if I'm like a multimillionaire, I will still be like this. I love one of my love languages is like bargains. I love finding deals. I love shopping discount rat. It's just fun, okay? I just like it. But one of the things that we have been kind of giving ourselves permission to do, and really practicing what we preach, and and just Stepping into what you said, Melissa, like create doing things that create more joy or more space, more time, things like that is being conscientious about where we're putting our money. And the businesses that we're supporting, because I am such a sucker. When I get an email from like Old Navy and it's like, kids' clothes, 70% off today only, I'm like, oh man, it's Monday. I'm going to go get so many t shirts and so many things. And like, I'm going to get the kids all set, which is great. And it's fun. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But we're Christians and I love supporting businesses that can help teach our kids Christian principles and and even if you're not a christian this company that we found like it's just really encouraging messages and and so we found i found this um company beacon threads and i'm not like i'm i am not getting paid it's not a paid endorsement i'm not cool enough to be an influencer or anything like that but um it's this family that's down in baltimore And they were government, they worked for the government for a while. And then they were fashion designers for a while. And they were like, we want to design clothing for our kids that shows them what we believe and that has positive messaging and that's, you know, handmade and things like that. So I was so excited to go and take, instead of buying my 70% off from old Navy and and all of that and direct it to this family run business that has values that we support that is doing good in the world. And, and now I get like a cute, I'm wearing a shirt. You can't see it radio land people, but my shirt that I'm wearing is just a super comfortable t-shirt and it's really long because I'm all about long t-shirts. Um, and it says love never gives up. And I would much rather have that on my body and on my kids body then you know just kind of random silly messages
1: i love it you know i am all about messages on the products i love it i'm so also good. drinking
0: out of my mug that says that she lives says. fully convinced that god is able to do whatever he promises so amen i'm, I'm all about drinking from that mug today um I but love it's that. just it's nice to feel like we're stepping into that phase of adulthood where we're like Let's just be really conscientious and let's not worry about, I could get a t-shirt for a dollar less over here at this giant chain. When I could just support people and businesses that we feel really excited about. So that that's a big growing moment for me, the
1: bargain hunter. (laughs) That's huge. That's stepping into abundant living too. It's like trusting that where your money goes is like conscious, you know, like you're consciously choosing where your money goes. Um, and the choice is not just on price, it's on values. And to me, that's like a huge, um, when you can shift like that as a consumer, you can shift like that as a salesperson too, that, you know, that you can charge a higher price because you know, that there are people out there, including you now who buy on value. Like I would 100% all the time, everywhere pay $10 more for something that is from a company that aligns with my values rather than getting a a similar cheaper product somewhere else. 1 million percent of the time.
0: Which Always. means I probably need to unsubscribe from some like mailing lists of like <laughs> Old Navy and Children's Place. And not that there's, there's nothing wrong with them that I know no. of, but- yeah but if I can be it intentional, triggers that. it, it yeah. does trigger that. I'm such a uh-huh. bargain hunter. And it's, it's just, I don't know. It's not even like a scarcity. It's like a fun, it's like the thrill of the hunt, but it's just, Absolutely. it's nice to know that it's just like this big cyclical thing. Like we are supporting people who we really admire and that who are doing good, but then we're also having a product that is so uplifting and encouraging. So it
1: all, it's a win, win, win. Win, win, win. That's win, what we're man. always striving for yes. in business, that yes. it's always mutually beneficial. And today, our topic is so good. I love, like, I could talk about this this topic for days. So you all probably have heard, of, you know, when you're, if you are going to be good at sales, you must be good at building no like, and trust with your audience or with your community, the people who you are selling to. And today we're specifically going to dive into the aspect of building trust, because I think that that one gets like kind of swept under the rug sometimes. Like it's really, it's easier, I think, to talk about um, building know-ability. It's like showing up, visibility, like we talk about that kind of stuff all the time. Likeability, I also think is pretty simple to talk about. Building trust, that's like a human relations skill that I'm always like thinking about and, and learning about, um, because it's a little bit more nuanced. So we want to talk about that specifically today with regard to sales and also with regard to what happens after somebody makes their way past your paywall. And so once they're in your programming or your membership or your course or your, um, or they are receiving a service from you. And this really, then how do you back. build trust?
0: No, like in trucks, This really circles back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the necessity of human psychology to feel safe and to feel secure before they can then move on to transformation. We talked about that. That's kind of right in the middle of the pyramid. And I think it's really easy for us to confuse that likability with trust because so many times. We think if we're nice and warm and welcoming that that automatically creates safety, which for some people in our audience, it might you being warm and kind and nice might bring people's guards down and make them feel like, ah, this is a good place to be, but we're not about just reaching one specific person that has no traumatic background or, you know, has, that is, is just going to relate to exactly how you are putting things forward. What we want to do is just talk about the intentionality of specifically that trust and safety, which is so important for sales because our sales will be so much more effective when we have earned true trust with people. And there's a lot of different ways that we can
1: do that. And we're going to look at those today. Mm -hmm. I think um, two that come to mind right away, when we are um, entering into a sales conversation, and that means whether we're talking directly one-on-one with somebody for high-end sales, or if this is like something that's on our sales pages, wherever we're having that interaction, I think um, being really clear on your own personal boundaries and your boundaries of your business. So like, what do boundaries look like? That might be like your your um, policies re- like regarding refunds. It could be like when the doors close to your program, where are some established boundaries and how do you hold to those? That's one way to build trust. But I think one that is, um, that I think doesn't get a lot of airtime or a lot of like, love because it's not that sexy is having very clear expectations and really outlining those expectations so um what a how to build trust could be in the form of hey person who is going to be taking this program. Here's what you can expect inside. Now, this is a little bit different than the promise of the program of like, by taking this course or taking this program or belonging to this membership, you will get these things. It's like, here are the behaviors that are expected. If, if you are to engage in this transaction and here are the things that you can expect from me as a leader. And when that's laid out, very clearly, people know what they're getting into, and then can trust that it's giving a foundation for people to fall back on. And I think a lot of us in the online space or in entrepreneurship um, are are good at entrepreneurship because we're we're quick action takers. We take you know quick action, so we put things together fast. We put them out there fast. And I think that that's, that's good. And it serves us in a lot of ways because we don't get mired in the whole like, oh, it has to be perfect before I put it out there. But for those of us who are already like in motion, in business, I think this is a great place to refine and to revise and say, ooh, there is a hole there and I can do a little bit better. I can establish clearer expectations, clearer boundaries to build a stronger trust. So people know what to expect when they're inside the program.
0: I don't think it's just about the program either. I think that's coming into any marketing event that you are doing. If it's a challenge, if it's a webinar, if it's a masterclass, laying out, not just what they can expect from whatever content you're going to be putting out there, but also what they can not expect. If that makes sense, because being flat out honest and saying, this is not therapy (laughs) because so so many of the content creators in the personal development space it feels sometimes like you are edging towards that therapy line or what you conceive that therapy might be. But it is extremely important that we communicate to the people who are coming into our circles, especially if you're running cold ads to cold traffic and you're bringing in people from who knows where, from who knows what situation to really make it clear in a loving way because we know clarity is kindness. Hey, this is not Mm -hmm. therapy. If you are experiencing this and you feel you need more help around this. Mm -hmm. Here Mm -hmm. are some resources. So being proactive Mm -hmm. with some resources is that you can point people to and saying that Mm -hmm. from the very beginning, whether it's in your first session of a challenge or it's in, if you are doing a challenge on Facebook or mighty networks or wherever you're doing it in kind of your group rules and your group expectations that this is not therapy. This is not medical advice, putting the language in writing, but then also communicating that. In your live video, or if you're if you have if you're going live before the actual event happens, or you have a you know a staff member who's communicating what people can expect, letting them communicate this is not medical advice, and there's different disclaimers that you can mm-hmm. look into to in to incorporate into your content, uh, whether it's your paid content or free content, so that people know that upfront. But then also mm-hmm. creating those parameters beyond just this is not therapy. Here's some resources, but beyond that, creating the social expectations for what is and what's not acceptable within the environment that you are creating, because mm-hmm. it that's always been a good idea. Like, let's be honest. It's always a good idea yeah. to put out there that bullying, hate speech, you know, rude behavior and just a, a blanket statement that the, the admins reserve a right to delete any comment with or without explanation to have that blanket statement so that you can feel comfortable if you're dealing with these thousands of people and someone says something that is offensive or is just not nice, that you have the right to moderate the content within your space. So communicating that very clearly, again, clarity is kindness. When we can do that, we can, and it creates an environment where you are not being reactive, you are being proactive in Mm -hmm. setting the stage for true transformation and effective sales to happen because you've done the groundwork to say, this is the expectation content-wise. And then this is the expectation with the social interactions and the things that are happening, not only because it's good and it's always been a good idea to do that, but because we are in a very volatile time in Mm -hmm. society. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what you've seen, Melissa, but I've seen just a increase of people, not even necessarily wanting to fight all the time, because you've always got people who want to fight about politics and people who are just not kind. We, we've always seen that, but people who, as soon as they are in this community, it becomes almost a receptacle for all of this isolation and all of this anxiety that they've been feeling around COVID and the changing landscape of the world and all of that. I've seen that so much lately
1: yeah I think just so many people are on edge. People are lonely. and the current state of affairs with so many big events in the last like eighteen months has just really um, shined a light into some some darker places, right that that maybe have been festering all along. And so the internet can be a weird place because um it gives us the feeling of connection and it can be a great place to connect, but then, you know, it also can unearth some, some things that are very challenging. I want to give a little shout out to product-based business owners, because I remember when I was first starting off my, my products, my product line, hearing business coaching that was only geared to service providers or content creators. And so, um, what this reminded me of having clear expectations or clear boundaries for a transformation um i you guys know i sold my products were not high end like so it was in the market of like between $20 and $60 so it was like you know costume jewelry and small gifts but i i have worked with a lot of um high end jewelry designers in my in my time online and one of the things we always talked about is if somebody is purchasing something online that is a stretch for them financially, and high-end jewelry would fall into that category as a product, um, as well as, you know, like programs would fall into that category too. But anybody who's who's going to make a transaction is is expecting something, some sort of feeling from that transaction. So You might be somebody who would be like, oh my gosh, I would never, ever spend $5,000 on somebody to make me a custom piece of jewelry and purchase that online. I need to see it. I need to touch it. And for online retailers, that is challenging because you want to spread geographically, right? You want people to be able to buy your stuff. And so we would talk a lot about how do you build trust on your website through your sales transaction for something like a high-end piece of jewelry where you're like dealing with, you know, real stones and real metals and stuff like that. And so Um, there were lots of suggestions of what you could do, like be really clear about the expectations of like, what is your process like? Getting somebody on the phone so they can see your face and hear you and talk to you or getting them on Zoom and to do a consultation, having really clear um, timeline turnarounds, having a very clear refund policy, whether or not you accept refunds, just putting it out there from the beginning so that when somebody does enter into a transaction with you, they know what they're getting and then and everybody knows where that line is um I actually heard this the other day and it's applicable to business but it's actually applicable to life is that when you set a boundary it's not like a brick wall that you're setting up saying like you can't cross this boundary it's actually a line in the sand that is a meeting place an agreed upon meeting place like i will meet you here and you will meet me there and that allows for a healthy and supported transaction. And that would make me feel secure as a consumer. And that's what I would hope that feeling that I could create for my customer as well. Isn't that cool? That, that like description of a boundary a meeting it. place. Yeah,
0: yeah. I really love it. And I love that perspective on product-based businesses because that is huge. One of the things that in my own shopping habits, is shipping times when you yeah. can communicate that okay? It's going to take, and I don't care. You don't have to say it's going to take one business day to ship. If it, if it's a week or two weeks, then just tell me that. And right. if there is a change, let's say you're a product based business owner and you have li- like life happens and you are not going to meet your deadline, you are not going to meet the, ex, the expected window of shipping time or delivery time, whatever that is, the problem isn't moving the date. The problem is not communicating that you're moving the date. And when you can communicate that change to a client, no matter what it is, you are reinforcing that trust factor with them because you might be afraid, oh no, I'm not going to be able to deliver in time. They're never going to buy from me again, but you can pretty much guarantee they're not going to buy from you if you don't communicate that. And nine times out of 10, people will be very understanding and appreciate the communication. But when we don't communicate, when things shift or change, you're breaking that trust and you are creating a feeling of instability and and that also carries over into programs and digital products i mean digital products that are evergreen and it's there and it's not changing but a lot of times in live programs you even if you've done it many times before you might get into a cohort and feel like you know what i need to change up the content i need to change the pacing because you as an instructor are feeling into the needs of your current cohort. So if you are going, if you truly feel from a curriculum design standpoint, from an efficacy standpoint for your learners to get the end result that you have promised, you need to change things, you really need to communicate that. Because when you don't, when you have changes in the program, the structure, the staffing, whatever it is, changes that are going to happen when you're in a live program, communication, Can really help people feel so much more stable. And the fear that you might have of, I don't want to let them down. I don't want, I don't want them to feel unstable by me announcing a change or whatever that is, that actually creates more chaos and more instability when you don't communicate that. And, and that can make it that like, like at this point, they're already past your paywall, right? So we're not we're not necessarily worried about the sale per se, but that's when we run into those dreaded emails that you get, those dreaded DMs of this is not what I signed up for, this is not what I paid for, or you know, the refund request or people changing their credit, all of those things that, that are just such a pain to deal with on so many levels. That's when you are going to see an increase in that. And that's when the the stability of your program really starts to erode, which in the long term can have really detrimental effects, number one, on the outcome of your program, but then on future sales as well, because we know how powerful word of mouth is. So Mm. you, there is no expectation I mean, Melissa, you're the, you're the curriculum design specialist, but from my perspective, being in the online space and being in so many different programs, there's nothing wrong in a live program, whether it's like an actual course that you're working through or a coaching program with being agile or things happen, things change there. That's an expectation. It's something live that's happening. That's okay. Yeah. You, there totally. is not, you shouldn't feel like you're in a box when you are, you know, when you've created a, a structure for a live program, but it is really important that if you're promising something, you're either going to deliver that specific thing, or you can communicate, "Hey, we're shifting this because of this."
1: Yes, absolutely. So, in when um, we're talking about teaching in a classroom setting, so like formally teaching in a classroom, not not online programming, um, that's called diagnostic teaching, and it's actually a really challenging skill to master to be agile enough to say, this is what I had planned, but based on the needs of the people who are sitting in front of me, whether they're children or whether they are adults, I need to flex and figure out what is it that they need that requires a lot of, that actually requires just practice and skill to really be able to hone in on that and confidence. And we might not be there yet, so if we realize that things need to change in the moment when we're you know delivering a program online it might conjure up feelings of insecurity in ourselves and so we overcompensate to be like don't worry i have everything handled we're you know we're just going to keep on going with the flow and that actually translates to insecurity in your learners and so um one thing that I really try and drive home with people who I'm working with who have who are building programs is to really separate out content from structure. Those are two different things. and um, and it has to do with security and safety of your learners in this way. The content can change. You can adjust the content however you want, even if you've already said, this is the syllabus, this is what we're, what we're covering, that content can actually change. And that's not the thing that is going to um, affect the the feelings of security of your learners. The things that need to be established and in place is the structure, the how. How are people going to be walking through the process of learning in your program? If that is solid, And in a very, in very clear terms, and people know what to expect there, that they have a learning routine, you can change the content up and it's not going to unmoor everyone. And that's just from like years and years of, of coaching teachers that we, we know that those are two different skills, content building, curriculum building, and structuring a program. So if you're, if you are out there and you're building a program and you want to make sure that there's safety and security of your learners, kind of tackle it from those two angles. And I think that's going to be helpful.
0: So that's really looking at things from the presenter's point of view, right? From the seller's point of view, that is what we can do proactively, what we can communicate, what we can do, kind of us putting things out there, right? Right. But what we can also do is create containers to receive feedback and receive the concerns of the people who are in our buying our products, in our free challenges, in our paid programs. And that does not mean unlimited accessibility. It does not mean you need to be, have 24 seven alerts on your phone. So every email, every message, everything that comes in that you are instantly responding to. But what that does mean is that you can be very proactive with if you need help, reach out to hello at melissacamillary.com. If Melissa is doing a challenge and she says, if you have questions, if you have concerns, if there's anything you need help with, if you can't access something, this is how you communicate with us. So not just us talking to you, this is how you talk to us. Email hello at melissacamillary.com send us an email. So that's the first step, right? Giving them something they can proactively do to get help when they have questions or they don't understand things. However, when they are communicating to us before we even respond to them, there should be a communication expectation that we set in place. So an auto responder, the signature of our email, what we say when we are saying, hey, email a hello at Melissa, Melissa com," you can expect a response in one to two business days. Whatever that is for you. Maybe it's a week. Maybe Whatever that is, communicating that clearly will help people feel secure. Otherwise, people are sitting there waiting. I'm guilty of it too. I think we're all guilty of it. Like, when are they going to get back to me? When it, I sent that email like five minutes ago. When am I going to get a response? But when I know okay, it takes them two to three business days to get back to me. I don't think any worse of the business. I don't think, wow, why don't they have more help so they can get back to me in, you know, by the end of every business day. That's not, that's not my job as the consumer to dictate when that specific brand has availability to respond. But I feel so much more secure when I know this is when I can expect a response in this range, like two to three business days or whatever that is, that can create so much stability and, and just take away those excuses that we have for like, oh, they don't know what they're doing. They're not, they don't care about me. Like it just, it Mm -hmm. helps alleviate some of that.
1: I love that. So moving forward this week, I think that it would be a great opportunity for all of us to check out our um, sales processes our sales pages and our policies that are on our sites and see where we can communicate more clearly boundaries and expectations um, for things like refunds, response times, how people, um, what the behavior should be in your in your communities. If there's anything that can be shored up or where you could draw a clearer line you know, a boundary, not because you are defending yourself, but because it's a very clear meeting place between you and your customer or your client. Um, that's your homework for the week, ladies and gents. How are you doing? You feel like that's good?
0: I feel like that's great. And I feel awesome. like it just, we're just trying to talk about things that people aren't talking about a heck of a lot, you know, because if these aren't, big, giant, huge concepts that are so hard to wrap your head around and, and just this big rocket science. Like this is not, this is simple sales psychology, human psychology, that when we can be proactive about things like that, when we can train ourselves and train our staff to be informed with strategies, to create the, this feeling of security, when we can anticipate what might be reactions or might be objections, when we can be that proactive business owner, it really will make all the difference in the trust that we are able to establish with our followers, which will increase our sales, which will increase the satisfaction of our programs, of our products, and just overall help our businesses be more secure. Yep, love it. Love you. Love you.
1: That's why we're friends.
0: And that's why we're friends. And that's why we do a podcast together. (laughs) Have a mm. wonderful week, everybody. Email Melissa at hello at <laughs> Okay. Just, Just kidding. Yes. Come talk to us on at Tell Me Something Good on Instagram. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.
1: The Sell Me Something Good podcast is hosted by Angela Greaser and Melissa Camillary. Our theme song is It Makes Me Feel Good by Sonnet Simmons. Come connect with us on Instagram at Sell Me Something Good. It makes feel like It makes me feel good